I'm your host, Bianca Lynn, and welcome to What's Mine is Mine, a podcast where I talk to my friends and peers about navigating our experiences as black and brown professionals. I'm really excited to introduce you to today's guest. She is a ICF certified life coach based in Atlanta, Georgia, who provides coaching to help people get unstuck and make shifts happen in their lives. Whether you're in the middle of a career or life transition or stuck in one area, she provides practical methodologies and tools to get you out of your own way. After working with today's guests, people have found their stress and anxiety levels decrease while their mental and physical well-being increases. She's a past contributor for the Huffington Post and a motivational speaker who sends weekly inspirational texts throughout the week to her subscribers. She is Alan Taylor. Boop, 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 boop. Yes. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thank you for having me, BB. Alan and I met at Hampton University back in 2008, and we have been besties ever since. She's been a consistent friend in my life. And honestly, it was my therapist and Alan that were the top two people that helped change my life. Well, top three, because I got to thank God first. But definitely, Alan has had such a strong hand in getting me together. So I'm just like so, so happy to have you here, Alan, so that you can also help and let people know what it is that you do and how you are impacting your community by your services. So let's just get right into it. When we were in school, Alan, I remember that you used to talk about the secret and the power of manifestation, but I don't think I would have ever thought that, or I didn't even have the knowledge that you would be this life coach and making such an impact. So like, how did you get here? How did you become a life coach and just even getting into positive thinking, all of it? Yeah, so I have a cousin, Nikita, and she is really into law of attraction and positive psychology and just really having an optimistic type mindset. So back when I was in high school, I would always go to her house just to get some advice. And I did the same thing when I was in college, when I went back home to Atlanta during the summer. And every time I would talk to her, I would come out feeling like I had a lot of clarity around my life and how to like move forward with things I felt like I had obstacles with. And one day I asked her, I was like, how do you do this? Because you don't give me any advice. You just ask questions and I just figure it out. Like, this is weird. And she basically let me know that she was a business coach slash executive coach. So I asked her a little bit more information about that and what other types of coaching was out there. And she told me about life coaching and I did my own research. And that's how I got to understand what life coaching was and how to actually become one. And then for the positivity portion, Nikita, shout out to her, a positive impact for sure, told me about the secret, about the law of attraction, gave me lots of books around it. And so I really resonated with it and just fully immersed myself into it. And that's basically how my transformation started to happen. Wow. I love that it started within your family because I just think, you know, family is the definition of community and 
just doing community work, I never really put that piece of the puzzle together. So I know that you were introduced to life coaching from your cousin, but when did you actually start doing that? Did you graduate college and immediately start doing life coaching or were you doing it in college? When I first got to Hampton, I enrolled as a marine science major and I pivoted to psychology, learning about the law of attraction, learning about the secret, life coaching, positive psychology, doing all of this research. I knew I wanted to be a life coach, but I didn't know exactly how to get started. So once I graduated from Hampton, I moved back to my hometown, shout out to Atlanta. And from there, um, I ended up getting a nine to five job and Bianca, you know me, it was under the realm of sports and I know nothing about sports and I was so miserable and it was sales. So the pressure was on and I ended up quitting my job and taking the money that I saved from that job or some of it and actually investing it into my life coach certification because from those years, including in Hampton and even coming back home, I was just researching the perfect school and basically the journey of how to become a life coach. That's basically how I got into it. What was that pivot? moment like for you? Because I think with any profession that you are in at any phase in your life, you have an opportunity to be like, is this what I really want to do? Is there a dream that I kind of want to go after? How was that like for you? How did you know that you had to do it? What was your body telling you? Or was it just kind of like, oh, I'm just more interested in life coaching? Or was it like, I'm feeling sick to go to my job and like, I hate it so much and I need a change. Yeah. So when I'm pretty passionate about something, I will pretty much go all in. And especially like, I still have that mindset right now, but especially when I was in my twenties, the early twenties at that, I felt like I had no responsibilities. Why not take a risk for myself and see what I can do just so I can live out my passion? Because even as a child, I just been always rebellious with authority when it comes to being told what to do, aka micromanaged. So I just knew that I've always wanted to work for myself, but also knowing that I wanted to be able to help people because I remember in high school, RIP to this young girl, she passed away from a car accident and they did a nice video memorial about her. And a lot of people were talking about how kind she was and how she made a positive impact. And from that day forward, I asked myself, I was like, wow, if you passed away, would people feel like that about you? And at that time, I was just like, probably not. So that really made me want to evaluate myself, but also to be able to help people and let them know, like, you don't have to stay in a permanent position. You can always move forward if you make the choice to. Alan, I want to tell you that I really appreciate the work that you do, especially because I'm in the media industry, you know, entertainment. I've worked with musicians. I get to do parties and events. So I'm not necessarily doing work that's changing people's lives or making the type of impact that you do on a day-to-day basis. So I just think that's so admirable. And I want to say thank you so much for caring enough about your community and helping us. Oh, thank you, B. But I also want people to realize too, it doesn't necessarily have to be what you do in your job in order to make an impact. So I encourage people, if you're wanting to make an impact some way because that will help you to like feel fulfilled. You just have to figure out what that looks like for you, but just finding ways to incorporate that. So for me, even outside of 
like my work. I will, if I'm walking by someone, try to bless them in my mind or driving past someone, try to bless them in my mind or even smiling at someone or holding the door for someone. So those are still things that you can do to feel fulfilled and also make a positive impact outside of your job. I appreciate you telling me that immediately because I didn't even realize that I was basically speaking down to however I can make an impact solely just making it be about in my career. So thank you so much for quickly addressing that and pointing out that that's not the case. And like, sure, I'm doing these events, but I still am doing impactful things in my life. So period. And you all, this is how me and Bianca honestly talks to each other. Yes. <laughs> so I love it. Yes. You know, a little catch too. and correct. <laughs> yes. Catch and correct. And again, that is just like a very raw and genuine example of how Alan really helps me out in my life. So Alan, I want to talk a little bit more about your business. After you get certified, what happened next? I was in my mid-20s and what was next was imposter syndrome. I felt like number one, people, especially people who were older than me, probably wouldn't take me serious because they probably thought like, how can you be a life coach and you're like 20 something? You haven't even lived life yet. And then on the other end of that too, imposter syndrome from my peers, because it's like they know me, but unless you were close, like how you knew me in college, a lot of people didn't start to see my transformation or knew what was going on behind the scenes of what was going on in my mind and trying to just become a better person. And that ended up leading me to something called Hey House Radio. And they still have this to this day, but back when I listened to it, you were able to call in and talk to these notable people in the self-help industry. But one day I came across someone's radio show and they were talking about how people felt stuck, whether it was in their life or sometimes people felt stuck in their career and how from that you can be stressed around it, overthink around it, have anxiety around it, fear, worry, doubt, all of those negative things we don't really want. And she ended up giving us practical tools to help us to decrease that and letting us know she had a program that came from Stanford that actually offered more practical tools that we could use to continue to help us gain clarity, but also decrease that stress and anxiety. So I ended up signing up for that after my life coach certification and it was an eight week program. And by that third or fourth week, I was like, oh shit, this is really changing my life. Like I have to tell people about it, but also this is something I would love to incorporate into my business because I think this is something that people would really love mm. because it's so easy. It sounds like it's nonsense, but then when you start using it, it's like, oh my gosh, like this really works and it's so simple. This is crazy. So law of attraction working in my favor by that six week that instructor was saying that she was looking for people who were certified life coaches to actually get trained under her to learn the work that she was teaching us and then actually be able to teach that and educate other people about it. So after I completed the program, I ended up enrolling into her training and then I ended up becoming an instructor for that course. And that course is infused with my 12 week course that I have right now, which is called Unstuck Yourself which is a 12-week program to make shift happen. Yes, time to make those shifts happen in your life. So, yeah. Alan, what are some of the main reasons, or maybe not the main reasons, maybe they're just uh, just a reason, but what are some reasons why someone would seek a life coach? I think honestly, everyone could benefit from having a life coach. I break it down to people like this because a lot of times people have heard, but 
they still really can't tell like what exactly do we do. And then if they do have some type of an idea of what we do, they really think usually it's us giving advice, but it's completely different. So I like to tell people you have three things. You have consulting, you have coaching, and you have counseling. And for consulting, that's more so like giving suggestions, giving advice. And that's what a lot of people think that's what life coaches do, but we don't. And then counseling, and I like to say counselors are like archaeologists. And that's when they're studying the past and pathology and trying to make sense of those things. And then you have coaching, which is more so like an architect. So we help people to build their future. So you don't necessarily have to be struggling with something or going through something in order to hire a life coach. But if you have personal goals, if you have career goals, if you have a combination of both, then you can most definitely benefit from having a life coach. That's someone who can hold you accountable. That's someone to help you to gain clarity on those things that you may feel stuck in, in your work or your personal life. But also too, that's someone that can help you to accelerate to meet your goals in a faster way because you're showing up weekly and actually putting in the work to make those things happen. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... You don't have to be going through anything or you can be if you are a person, then life coaching is for you. Exactly. And I like to say too, especially for the men, life coaching is just like working with someone in sports, like the all-star player. They can't be the MVP of the team if they don't have that coach. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So they may have the talent, but the coach is the one that's helping them to sharpen that talent and hold them accountable to maintain that talent and helping them to move forward with their talent. We just have processes and methodologies that we use to help make those things happen. What are some of your favorite parts about the program that you do? Watching people transform and start to have results to me, that's why I enjoy being a life coach because I've been in a position myself where I felt like I couldn't get out of my own way and how we feel like it's a village for kids. It's also, it takes a village for adults mm -hmm. and having my village from my therapist as well as my life coach has helped me to be able to move forward, especially back in the day, my personal life coach was my cousin, but that helped me just to develop the person of who I am today. And that's what a lot of people see when they go through that program. And then another thing too, is going through the tools and then applying it, seeing how easy it is and it actually working, especially like years later, people are like, I still use them. Like I still remember it. It still mm -hmm. helps me out. And I'm like, yes, because these are lifelong tools you can use and share with people for the rest of your life, especially if you have kids. So those are my favorite things about it. I would obviously love for everyone to check out your website, check out your program and join and really tap in because the resources that you provide really are life-changing. But because I am familiar with the inner gremlin and even catch and correct, I want to ask if you could kind of share maybe what one week's course may kind of sound like or what are some tips from that just so that people could really understand what the resources and the methodologies that you're talking about are. But I don't want you to like tell us too much and like, you know, <laughs> spit free game. Like, yes, I completely understand. So I'll talk about one of the things that we do the first week that people find really helpful. And that's really about learning how to drop your expectations because when we have expectations and it doesn't turn out when we want it, how we want it, with who we want it or where we want it, we get disappointed and then we start to beat ourselves up and then the inner critic comes and then it can just be a vicious cycle of being a mess. And our inner critic doesn't 
do anything for us. It's not helpful whatsoever. So when you have intentions, it goes to being more open about what you can receive from that day or that person or that situation, because you're not expecting anything negative and you're not expecting anything positive. It's just like, instead of thinking the world is out to get me, um, and that's my expectation, my intention can be everything is just working out in my favor. And we don't know how everything working out in your favor, what exactly that looks like. So I think when people start to get too much into the specifics, that's Mm -hmm. what trips them up with those expectations, whether it's positive or negative. Mm -hmm. So instead having that intention and just allowing those things to show up for how they show up, because we don't know how that's going to show up, when it's going to show up, where it's going to show up and what that exactly looks like. But it can be something that's really good that you didn't even expect. And it's something even better than what you could have expected. Yes, pleasant surprises. Mm -hmm. Okay, so can we talk a little bit more about catch and correct? Catch and correct is just a term, or not a term, but a phrase that I basically coined. Um, But basically it's about being mindful. You you hear me, girl? Yes. (laughs) It's about being mindful um, because honestly, mindfulness is your antidote to anxiety as well as I would say stress too. So mindfulness is just really being present, being aware, being here now and paying attention. It's all about catching yourself. Maybe you want to stop criticizing yourself. So maybe you catch yourself in the moment of being negative instead of continuing with the negative self-talk, you correct it. And the way I like to correct it is by positive feedback. And the positive feedback doesn't have to be something woo 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 that you've just made up and just hope to happen. But it can literally be something that you do know is true. And even if it's not always true, it could be sometimes true. And I feel like that is much better than going down a path of negativity for something that's not even being helpful for you to be able to live a life of how you visualize your life being, if that makes sense. Yes, I think it does. But could you give an example of that? Yeah. So one example of me catching and correcting myself is Oh, like even today, I before we even got started with the recording, I was telling you like, you know, I'm going to allow myself to sit in my feelings, but also too, I'm not going to criticize myself about it. Mm-hmm. I was acknowledging how I felt, but I was just like, you know what? At the end of the day, it'll be fine. I'm a human. I have feelings, both negative and positive. So me noticing that, that's catching it. But then also too, being productive about it, which is correcting myself. So speaking positivity in myself, but also too, giving myself an outlet to, I say, productively help my negative feelings that I'm having right now. That can be something like meditating. That can be something like journaling. That can just even be something simple as giving yourself positive feedback because some days you'll have your high days, some days you'll have your low days, but usually on my high days, if I have a negative thought that I notice, I'll just catch that and then I'll correct it by following up with something positive right afterwards. So usually like a positive thought that I do know to be true. Mm Mm-hmm. And that helps me to shift. And that's what it's just really about. Like if you're trying to make changes, anything in your life that we want, it all boils down to our mindset. That's what it starts with because our mindset is what creates the action. So if you notice something in your life and you're wanting to shift from that, it's just all about being mindful of what you're doing that's not working. And instead of criticizing yourself, just acknowledging, okay, this is not working and then trying something that will hopefully work for you or something that you do know will will work instead. Mm -hmm. Yes. What are some of your 
favorite mindfulness practices? Some of my favorites is meditation. I like to gratitude journal. So basically writing things that I am grateful for, doing appreciation rampages. So that's basically taking anywhere between two to three minutes. Usually two is the sweet spot where I will just pick a subject or a topic that I would like to talk about in a positive way. And basically for two minutes, give my gratitude that I believe to be true around this topic. So for instance, if I'm talking about my life, I'm like, yeah, I really love my life. I'm very grateful to be up and alive and blessed. So usually those things helps me to feel really good and it helps Mm -hmm. me to feel balanced. And it also helps me to spend time with myself. I sit in silence a lot. So I'm always Mm -hmm. more than happy to listen to my thoughts. Like I love that, but actually dedicating time for my mental health, it feels really nice for me. I love that. And thank you for sharing that. Some of the, well, at least one mindfulness practice that I really enjoy that I would like to share with you all listening is whenever I am feeling like, thoughts coming at me from everywhere, 100 miles per hour. I like to either brush my teeth or wash my hands and just solely focus on the action. So it's just like paying attention to putting the toothpaste on the toothbrush and like brushing each tooth, tooth after tooth, like focus only on each tooth. And that is really hard to do, especially when my mind is going crazy, but it just grounds me and centers me to get to that moment of silence so that then I can start to reaffirm the situation and like breathe and say all the thoughts and things that I know that is true. Um, so I just wanted to share that because it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge, but it helps for those moments when you're like in extreme overthinking mode and I am an overthinker. So I wanted to give that tip. And you, and you know why that helps you to feel like that though? Everything you just described was like an act of mindfulness. So I completely understand. <laughs> yeah, you you have to be mindful of like, don't think this, only focus on that. Like it's a lot of brain power to just focus in on whatever it is that you're doing in that moment. And that's also why I really enjoy working out so much because mm-hmm. like just focusing on my body and not having any thoughts about it outside of like safety or breathe in or whatever physical function I'm doing, it really helps me to just be neutral and grounded. And we love neutrality and groundedness. So Alan... What has been your biggest challenge that you have to overcome as you're navigating your career right now? My biggest challenge so far, I would say, would probably be just expanding, basically finding exactly where my audience and target market is was a struggle for me, but I ended up and using some of my tools <laughs> for my 12-week program, no lie, helped me to get that clarity on where they would be. So I ended up just going back to that and just started getting successful from that, thank God, because at one point I was like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to quit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just thought like, hey, you've came thus far and it's no turning back now. I would say that was just my biggest challenge. I feel very supported with my immediate friends and family. And shout out to my mom. She supports me a lot too. I love her so much and I really appreciate that. Love you, Um, Shamar. Shout out to her. Uh, But yeah, so that's really it. I don't feel like I have much, much challenges outside of that. And I think that was just like a marketing thing. So Mm -hmm. I don't think that had anything to do quite with like the actual career in coaching. That's always been an easy, knock on wood, breezy, nice process for me. What would you like, do you have any advice or what would you say to someone who is interested in becoming a life coach? Because it's, I'm not going to lie, it's something that 
is an idea that I toy with because I have been riding this train with you at least for the last nearly 10 years. And it really does make a change. And I do see how there's moments where I am implementing the tools that you have shown me and helped me strengthen. And I'm using those in my relationships. But I'm like, I don't know where to start. And I have really no idea about this industry. Are there a lot of Black people? Is there a lot of opportunity outside of just making that community impact? You know, we want to have financial abundance as well. So what would you say to someone who wants to get into the industry? Well, Bianca, you know, I already told you to join the gang gang. (laughs) I fully support that 100%. But for people interested, I always say just make sure you get certified and just look for life coaching schools that are accredited by ICF. Um, ICF is the International Coaching Federation, and basically it's the governing body for life coaches, but also to just making sure that you're open to being coached as a coach. Um, Mm. I think it's a continuous process from the first day you get started until you want to, I guess, retire from it. It's always opportunities to improve and enhance. And that's something that I love too. And there's tons of Black people, and I'm so excited when I see us, that comes into my classroom. And we're absolutely in this space. I would love to see more Black men, but there's a lot of Black women that I see all the time. And there's Black men that comes in as well, which is very exciting to see too. And then for like money-wise, there's most definitely lots of opportunities. I mean, there's people out here who are not even certified making millions, which is crazy. But like I tell my students, when it comes to marketing, that's a completely different lane Mm -hmm. than life coaching and the value that you bring. But people want to know. And that's how a lot of people in the coaching industry, even if they're not certified, can become successful. It's because they can clearly let people know like, hey, I know you're struggling with this. This is how I can help you. But there's most definitely opportunities for people to make money. I've had students who go on through that coaching program um, to get certified to be a life coach. And we did marketing together. And one of my students actually ended up quitting their job because they started getting full-time clients right away. And it was way more money than they were making ever at their job. So wow. it's, and she was a black girl, a young black girl too. So it's lucrative out here. It's just really about finding those people and then conveying to them how you can serve them. How you can help them. Well, mm-hmm. I think that is amazing to to hear and to know. I think in general, I would love to know more about people's salary and how much money that they make across the industries. I think it's been amazing to see how the states of California and I believe New York and I don't know if it's New Jersey, but now if you're applying to any jobs within the state, you see how much people make. And I just think that's awesome because I I think a lot of times people hold back on doing things because they'll think maybe there's not a lot of money in it or they don't know what to ask because they think maybe there's not a lot of money in it and they may sell themselves short. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate you being transparent about that there are opportunities. It's most definitely opportunities out here for everyone. And they even have where they ask for ICF accredited school or if you're ICF certified um, in corporate jobs where they ask for life coaches or they'll call it a different type of coach. So even if you want to do the corporate route, there's opportunities for that too. Or I've had some students come in and wanting to offer their services in their actual job. They just wanted to get certified first. So, Alan, looking back on your career, what affirmation represents your experience? 
What has held me down since college is the universe is conspiring in my favor because there were times in college when I was like, oh my God, to hell with this. I'm about to go home. And again, shout out to my village, (laughs) my village holding it down and being supportive during my low times, which helped me to keep going. That's what I'm telling you all. It takes a village for everybody, not just kids. So yeah. yeah. So Alan, what's next for you? You are an instructor. You not only help out people who just need or want the life coaching services, but you also help people who want to get their certification. And you know, you're this entrepreneur. You have your motivational text messages. What's next for Alan? I'm most definitely going to go back to creating content online but in a way of something that aligns with my long-term goal. And you all will see what that is once that happens. Yeah. But I most definitely want to get in the camera and have like conversations like this where, you know, people are able to basically walk away with learning at least something just to help their days flow easier and be more ease and peaceful and more joy and fun. I'm here for all of that. So most definitely making more of that and then just having more workshops and expanding my business the best way that I can. I'm Mm. not sure exactly what that looks like, but I have some ideas. So we'll just see what sticks over the next couple of years. What affirmation are you going to be saying to get you to the next level? Most definitely, God, how good can it get? I've been murking that. Okay, that's my thing there. Whoever made that up and put it on Twitter, thank you. But also too, I have all the time in the world because that's one of the things that can bring me down just being transparent sometimes is making comparisons. Like I'm always happy to see people be successful, always rooting, always want to, you know, help support people. I love that. But sometimes too, we as humans compare ourselves to others. So Mm -hmm. when I'm like, I have all the time in the world, that helps me to feel much more at ease because I'm like, there's nobody to race against, including yourself. There's nothing to race against. I think, especially in America, we teach people about this rat race and we're supposed to have this by this age. And again, those are expectations. And if you're taught that it's like embedded in you and you feel like crap when you're not meeting your expectations Mm -hmm. and for what, like, it's animals on here. They don't give a damn. Like we're the only ones on here Mm -hmm. on this earth that is doing all the unnecessary for what? So when I say I have all the time in the world, that doesn't mean be lazy. But what that does mean is that everything doesn't have to get done in one day, just like how Rome was not built in one day. And sometimes things takes processes. And, you know, I have found in my life when things have taken not necessarily a long time, but a process, the journey Getting there is what makes things sweet. Because imagine if we just got everything we wanted instantly, we wouldn't feel fulfilled by it because we'll be like, okay, well, what's next? Mm -hmm. Yes. And that makes me think of everything is always working out for me. Mm -hmm. And I definitely have been reminding myself of that, especially Mm -hmm. in those hard moments because we all know we're all human. We have them. But Mm -hmm. everything does work out. The sun always shines. And that's why I love tomorrow. Come on, In the words of (laughs) Glorilla. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Yes. Well, Alan, before we go, I wanted to see, was there anything else that you wanted to share or was there anything that you wanted to ask me? There is something I wanted to share. I forgot to bring this up, but you all just remember to be kind to yourself. And I encourage and challenge you all to be more compassionate with yourself and give yourself some gentle parenting. 
versus criticizing yourself. And when you do have negative feelings, don't push them away. It's a part of the human experience and what makes us us, but also to don't allow yourself to stay stuck there. So it's okay to feel your feelings and cry it out if you need to, scream it out if you need to, but also to, in the words of Gloria, like Bianca just said, there is always tomorrow. So be kind to yourself. Thank you so much, Alan, for joining us. Before we go, let the people know where they could find you and get more information about the course that you offer. Yes. So you all can most definitely visit my website. It's Sip of Positivity. And instead of Y at the end of positivity, you replace the Y with E-A. So it's Sip of Positivity. Dot com and my socials are also sip of positivity too. Yes. No two at the end though. I was just saying two as in T-O-O. As in also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you get it because we're sipping the positivity. Period. Sipping tea. I get it. I love it. Uh, and I'm always here to support you. Thank you so, so much again for joining and pouring into my life, but then now also pouring into the lives of the listeners. Thank you for the impact and for caring so much about your community and doing the work that you do. You are appreciated, Alan. Oh, well, thank you, Bianca. And you have made my day today. And as always, I appreciate you as a friend. I appreciate you as a person. And I hope that, you know, you're always going down the right path and things will always continue to work out in your favor. And I love you so much. And you all, Bianca is the reason why I tell my friends I love them all the time. Like my mom told me I love you. And we said that all the time to each other. So I wasn't the person who grew up in a home like that. But Bianca, remember how cringe it used to be for me to say it back? I was like, (laughs) yes. But I truly appreciate you for helping me to expand on that and be more compassionate to my friends in that manner in my teens and 20s. So I love you. Oh girl. my gosh. Yes, of course. <laughs> I never knew that. Thanks for sharing that. Okay. Well, I'm going to hit the stop button now. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the show.